ever been listening to Ninja News Japan and then you walked into a different room and you didn't hear Ninja News Japan and then you're like oh god damn I wonder what's going on with Ninja News Japan in the other room I wish I had that sound in my head in this room well there is a solution to that you can go to dioconnect.com and you can get some Dio Connect speakers uh, Dio speakers are they work over Wi-Fi. They work over Apple AirPlay 2. Uh, you can put a speaker in every room. So basically, there's speakers that you can put in rooms. And you can put them in all the rooms. Like It depends how many rooms you have and how much money you have. But if you have money, if you have a lot of rooms, you probably have a lot of money. So then, you know, relatively speaking, it doesn't matter. Look, let's say you have 250 rooms. That makes me think you have a big house with a lot of money. So if that's the case, you should put a speaker in every one of those rooms because if you're in room number four and then you're listening to Ninja News Japan and you walk all the way over to room 194, so it's 190 rooms away, you're, you're not going to hear what you were listening to be it Ninja News Japan or something else. So if you have Dio Connect speakers in rooms 1 through 50, 51 through 100, 101 through uh, 184, 185 through 190, 190 through 250. Then you'll have a speaker in every room. Now, I know that's complicated sounding, and it's hard. Uh, math is hard. I, I struggle with it. But if you do that, if you put a, a Dio Connect speaker in each one of those rooms, you'll have a speaker in every room, and then everywhere you go, you'll be able to listen to New Japan, which is to solve the problem you had in the first place. I'm, I'm too panicked today. I actually didn't turn my mic on, so I just did like 10 minutes without a mic, but that's fine. It actually, we'll just call that a dry run for it. The last episode of C. McBeat, Chung McBeat Chest, uh, I talked about aliens and North Korea, primarily. And the aliens bit, it kind of rested in my head for a bit, because I was talking to some friends about it, and the interesting thing is, it's about, we send messages out into space in the hopes that aliens will see the message, be able to decode it and uh, learn about us and then come and we can have a chat with aliens. Sounds great. Uh, my problem was that they were saying like, oh, you know, we put in binary, it being the most fundamental thing and prime numbers to show that we understand math. Now, I think math is the most likely way we're going to be able to communicate with aliens, but the assumption that it's going to go as smoothly as scientists think it is, is posited on the fact that aliens actually conceive of math in the same way. So we have binary, it's zero and ones. And they're saying like, that's the simplest way to look at the universe. It's math. Every math is universal. And I was like, actually, that's a human concept. Binary is a human concept. The concept of zero is a human concept. The concept of one is a human concept. My point, I've said the phrase, what if aliens think in cloud. And of course, we would say that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, yes, it doesn't make any sense to us because we don't think in cloud. We think in binary or math or something like that. The way they think is so alien and so different. It's inconceivable to us. That's the whole point of it being alien. So while they are probably making the best moves, 
the idea that, you know, just everything makes sense and it's universal, I kind of struggled with that as a concept. I didn't think that was a, a good assumption to make. So then you're left with, uh, my concept of cloud though, like, so they have, we have zero one, they have cloud bigger, cloud smaller, and then cloud smaller, smaller is the smaller cloud. And then cloud bigger, bigger is even bigger. And that's how they do numbers. And it's based off this, this very ethereal concept. So that's why I used cloud because it was again, a very vague concept to us as, as humanity. It doesn't make sense to us. That ended up having me talk to my friends about other alien stuff in other alien things in pop culture, media. And so that is interesting because if you've followed C. McBee for any amount of time, you know I talk a lot about pop culture, media, movies, and stuff like that. Uh, And I like to take an aspect of it and break it down and probably say it's garbage. Now, there is a series of Star Wars shorts, not actual shorts, but uh, movies, like short movies, animations, uh, produced all in Japan, so different animation houses. So I was very excited about this because one of the things that bugged me about Star Wars is it was very stuck on the Skywalker family. I was like seven, I think, when the first movie came out. So I was very, like the perfect age. I grew up with Star Wars. And then as I got older, I got to the point where I was like, why are we still talking about the Skywalker family? Why can't we talk about other people? And then Rogue came out. Star Wars, was it Rogue Squadron or Rogue or whatever? That came out and I'm like, this is good. They're talking about other people doing other things. Then they came out with the TV shows, The Mandalorian. Like, this is good because we're finally getting some non-Skywalker content in our Star Wars because it's an entire universe, but the entire universe seems to revolve around like essentially three, four people, which is very limited. In fact, any science fiction series that goes too long that is focused on a single family, I think is making a mistake. You should have other people come in and other things. And maybe they can converge with that family. Like you could have a story about this family, a story about another family, and then they converge and either they be align or fight. It's pretty standard, you know, uh, like... I, I suddenly started thinking of like the samurai houses or like medieval England, like families aligning and fighting and stuff. is pretty traditional, again, for the way we think. These being aliens, you actually could, you know, make a completely different thing but we're not getting into that we want to focus on one thing the star wars visions series i was very excited about saw some clips and the clips were from some some cool sword fights with lightsabers and stuff and it was like black and white was really cool anime style i liked it so i've got it the first episode amazing the last episode amazing everything in between Mm. there's one episode right in the middle and it is so aggressively cute, it actually turned me off. Like, I thought, this story is actually pretty good. If they weren't trying to be as cute as they are trying to be, I might actually enjoy it, but I did not enjoy it. But the biggest defender for me, and the kind of the topic for today's lesson, uh, today's lesson, woo, the topic for today's episode is music and science fiction and why it pretty much always sucks. And I don't think you can get it right. That actually might be a different thing, but we have some options at the end. The third episode of Star Wars Visions is Tatooine Rhapsody. Now, Tatooine Rhapsody is uh, a band, and they're going to save Jabba the Hutt's taking their friend, and Boba Fett's in there, and I think he took the friend. I, I only watched it once and never watched it again because the the whole concept of this band being good bothered me. And it's because I didn't like the music. And the thing that maybe bugged me the most is the music was so human. So let me just play a sample of that for you. 
So that's the chorus and stuff. Anyways, you get the idea. It's very standard sort of J-rock kind of stuff. And it's not bad. I don't like it. But I actually wouldn't say it was bad music. If you liked it, I'd be like, oh, that's nice. That's fine. The, the problem I had was it was so bog standard Japanese rock. I'm like, it doesn't actually make sense that this is on a planet called Tatooine in the Star Wars universe. Why are they playing this very, very normal rock music? Uh, there wasn't even anything like weird or different about it. In fact, the drummer had like, four arms and stuff and you're still just drumming normally now the real reason is quite obvious these are japanese creators and they're going to take music they like and put it in their short movie um and they think it's cool and the problem is right now i don't think it's cool but if you actually analyze it if look at it sort of uh, more objectively it's also not alien so there's nothing of interest there for me to, to sort of grab onto now talking about creators putting in music they like star trek was uh, rebooted by J.J. Abrams. And J.J. Abrams really, really likes the Beastie Boys. And he has twice in two films used the song, the song Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. In the reboot movie, the kid steals his uh, stepfather's car or his father's car that his stepfather has taken over. And he turns on the radio and it's Sabotage. I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty good. I mean, you can make the joke, it's an oldie station, whatever. I believe it's the third movie it becomes a major plot point, which that was a step too far. That really bothered me. So you have the starship flying through and there's like alien nanobots that are all connected, uh, I guess, by Wi-Fi. And if you play a certain, you can see where this is going. If you play a certain sound or a resonance at a certain frequency, uh, it'll disrupt their connections and they all start exploding. Uh, and guess what? That just happens to be sabotage that they play through the hull of the ship or something. I don't actually get what was actually supposed to be happening if they had just speakers. And then it's just them flying the ship along with cool outside shots of stuff exploding while the ship flies. And then they would go in and have like the the guy at the helm you know, bopping his head or something because he loves Sabotage too. All these people in the 28th century or wherever it is love the song Sabotage just as much as the director of the movie. And I was like, that 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 took me out of the film for a moment because that didn't make sense. And I I get he was trying to tie music he likes into the thing he was making, but it didn't work for me. It worked in the first scene because the kid just turned on a radio in a car on Earth. That's fine. The sound that's supposed to disrupt... Uh, these alien nanobots in space being an English uh, rap, rock rap song didn't really work for me. Another one that really bothered, like actually stopped me and took me out of the film. It was uh, the Godzilla thing. I think it was Godzilla versus Kong. It has the little girl from Stranger Things. And she is in the movie as a little girl who has like a deep emotional connection to, to Godzilla. Fine, I'm accepting that. There is a scene early in the film where she is studying and she's got her headphones on and she's listening to the Pixies. And I was like, that, I just stopped right there. I'm like, that makes no sense. 
because the Pixies, I knew this song instantly as soon as I heard like the opening chords because this was a song that was popular when I was in high school. So my immediate thought was, why is this like 13-year-old girl listening to a song that was popular when I was in high school. If they had her father in the room and he put it on, if it was in a car with older people and they put it on, fine. If they had shown some way that this music had been introduced to her from an older person, fine. It didn't make any sense for a 13-year-old girl on her own to be listening to this song. So much so that I kind of just stopped for a moment and went like, this is unrealistic. This movie about a giant lizard fighting a giant... Uh, Gorilla is fine. Her listening to this song was unrealistic to me. And then I realized, I was like, why is that song in there? I was like, oh, wait a second. I bet the director is basically the same age as me. I think, I bet he went to high school and university around the same time I did. I bet he was listening to the same music I did. He really likes that song. He put it in his movie. I bet now it's cheap too. I bet you don't have to pay as much for a song from 30 years ago as you do for a song made by someone who's popular in the moment. So those those really, like, they took me out of the film because they stood out. This, to Tatooine Rhapsody, didn't take me out. But when I listened to it, I was like, this song sucks. Yes, in my opinion, if you like it. Again, I'm not actually judging you. But it doesn't fit. Like, why is this rock song being played in space, essentially? And that was the bit that was getting me. The, uh, the Maybe the most famous music from Star Wars is the Cantina Band. And a lot of people accept it. And I think if you're going to make music in your science fiction movie going really old because they're essentially doing like big bands kind of jazz stuff and putting in some other sounds and those other sounds work because it didn't it, it was familiar enough to be music but it wasn't alien enough to be like oh this doesn't make any sense as to what i'm actually hearing the cantina band did a very good nice balancing act because it wasn't popular music it was music we could understand and relate to though so that, to me, I think if you want to go safe, that's where you want to go to. The I think it was Deep Space Nine had an episode where it had like an angry youth and the angry youth was listening to like Klingon punk rock or Cardassian punk rock or some kind of punk rock. And they played a little bit and it was just noise rock. And again, I was like, it's very aggressive, sure, which is what they're going for. But also it's very human, this kind of punk rock. So you would need something else. And... We have a lot of things in humanity. So, like, basically, we're, there's taste. So, like, I didn't like that rock song from Tatooine Rhapsody. But there are a lot of things on Earth already to demonstrate how different cultures view different sounds and things they like. And so what is pleasing to someone else isn't necessarily pleasing to us. So I was like, I, I should have an example or two of that. So I actually do have an example of a couple of types of music that you would actually say hmm, this doesn't sound nice to me, but of course it sounds nice to someone else. And that would be, to me, if I was going to make music for my science fiction movie, where I would start. I would be like, okay, what is a type of music that I find alien now just on Earth? And my first thought was actually uh, like Chinese opera. So let's listen to a little, little tiny bit of that. All 
All right, so to the average Western listener, that tone is pretty grating. It's pretty awful. But in China, like, this is a high-level opera. This is this is art. Uh, and I was like, that would actually be a good place to start if you were going to make your alien music. And I was like, okay, well, I've lived in Japan. Has there been any sort of Japanese experience I had? Now, I had a friend who took me to no theater, N-O-H. And I didn't know what I was getting into. I thought, okay, we're going to have some cool masks and maybe a little stuff and some music I don't get. And it was, then it turned out this thing was six hours long. So we got into like hour one and a half and I was like, how long is this thing? My friend's like, oh, it's six hours. Like people go away, eat and come back before the show is over. Um, So clearly there wasn't a narrative I needed to follow or anything. And what I experienced was uh, someone sat down with a shamisen or something like that. And then it just went bang. Bang, bang. And that was it. I think I just started the song. Um, but, and it took forever to get anything going and there was no sort of like tempo change or speed. And I was like, this is, again, it's very alien to me. Uh, it's an art form in another country. So I, let's get a little bit of that so you can hear what I'm talking about. Jump to the middle. Now that one actually said there was voice, but I didn't want to listen to the whole 10 minutes of that song to actually find where the voice was. But you can see, again, it's a very different feeling to what we would consider uh, modern music. I think these are the things that we could have, that creators of science fiction start looking at if they want to create their alien music because it will give you a better sense. I had this conversation with a friend, uh, Mr. Warmhands. He found a thing called Zen Harmonic, which he thought was actually a really good idea. I've actually found a couple samples of this. I think this is also a very excellent idea of what would be a good version of alien music. Well, let's actually get you know, this one up here. I really actually quite enjoyed this. But the idea is they're not using like traditional music theory to make this song. Now this actually reminded me of very much of no theater until we get to this next section is coming up in about five seconds. Thank you. 
Now that was called a graphical score. So actually when you watch the video, there's, there's like a, a chart that goes by showing you what's happening. And it's interesting because it's like we can pull out elements of stuff we recognize. Like your brain is trying to find the patterns and the things that you would recognize as music. And then it doesn't do that more which makes it very interesting. And that is a very good sense of what music should be if it was alien, because it's got to be an alien concept to us. So there's one more example, also from Mr. Warmhands. He also found this other thing. Uh, what's it called? Uh, socastic? It's a CH, so I don't know if socastic. I assume it's socastic music. Microtonal. Oh, no, this is microtonal zen harmonic. Maybe I got those backwards, but whatever. Concepts the same. <laughs> this is people doing a, using a different theory to create the sounds they're making. So that does another similar thing as the previous song where it's like we, our brain is pulling out stuff we recognize but then it doesn't continue with that thing which is what we expect. We expect like basically three choruses and, and some chords in between, and that's it. This is uh, changing it. So if, you, if you're going to think about making music for your science fiction, I think it's important to make it science fiction-y and different enough. A combination of Chinese opera and maybe one of these Zen harmonic things would actually be probably be a really good alien song because it would be, you know, uh, something we could relate to sonically, but it would still be different enough that we'd find it like even disturbing. Like the 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 first version of the Zen harmonic scale, uh, I actually thought that like that's like horror music movie music because it's supposed to. Well, I don't know if it was intended that way, but it almost puts you on edge because you don't know what's going to happen next, and there's sounds, and the sounds don't seem to relate to anything, and that's really good horror movie movie music. I think the conclusion I want to just really draw your attention to is that most music and most science fiction sucks because it's just earth music and creators have to put a little more effort into making more music uh, and of course the best song for any science fiction would be